Hey, do you like doing the work of the Lord? Are you feeling fulfilled doing the work of the Lord? And are you happy doing the work of the Lord? These are some subjects that we're going to kind of touch on just in our ramble today. It's Monday. I appreciate you coming to this podcast. If you came to this podcast from a business card, meeting me on the streets, through my Facebook, through Twitter, through friends, through the different outreach platforms, or word of mouth from somebody that maybe is a sponsor of this podcast, I want to thank you for coming and I hope that you are blessed today and please come back and join us again. But now we're going to hear a word from our sponsors then we'll hear the rest of the story. Hey everybody out there in podcast land, it's me again, David, coming at you with another talk. Well, it's Monday, July 20th, 2020, afternoon, mid-afternoon, weather's a little sunny out today, looks a little gloomy from the last few days of rain up in Michigan, and uh, fun stuff here. Well, been dealing with FEMA, dealing with FEMA and taking care of a few things there. House is still in pretty uh, unlivable state. It's pretty bare, has nothing on, no walls, no floors, nothing going, no kitchen, no bathroom. So something been working on on the side. A lot of things going on here and there. Um, recovering from the surgery pretty well. Every every few days I have a couple setbacks every now and then from doing stuff, and I have to be reminded to just relax and rest, take it easy. It's it's kind of hard because you get excited about feeling good, but then when you feel bad, it's just a big setback, and you don't want to ruin the surgery or anything like that. Um, service yesterday, our church service yesterday was canceled in Bay City. So instead, Jessica and I, Sister Jessica, went to the pastor's house and his wife's house, and we sat with them for about five hours talking. We had breakfast, and then we started getting into the topics of the day, and we got into some Bible questions, and we just had a really good time talking back and forth, asking opinions on scriptures and what what they thought about the the times we're in and what I thought about it. And we just went back and forth. And then at the very end, their little dog got lost and had slipped outside through a fence that was open while we were inside talking. And so that kind of put a end to the meeting, but it was a very good meeting yesterday. So that's what we did. Saturday, we spent the day traveling around to different little towns in Michigan visiting new people, meeting new people and talking to them about prospects of starting a church, a Bible study group, just talking to them, introducing ourselves and uh, really getting to meet people, praying for the cities that we were going through. Had a really good time meeting people and talking to them. It was just fun. And so the model I've been doing lately for witnessing, and I'll share it with you guys because 
It's an old model I used to do on how I used to outreach people, but over the years of being set inside of a building in a church and being put down in a Sunday school room or a department and just taking care of departments. And once you do that, your your time now is gone. You have no time. You have no focus or vision outside of that. You're stuck inside these buildings, which I'm calling the modern day church is what I'm talking about, folks. You don't have time to do what I'm talking about. In order to do what I'm talking about, you're going to be freed up. You're going to have to have good vision, focus, and you're going to have to have a want to do these type of things. You're going to have to have outgoing attitude, but the the benefits are going to be huge. You're going to reap major benefits, and you're going to see lives change, and you're going to see Jesus actually work and do miracles and, and perform for people that don't know Jesus, that don't go to your building on Sunday or Wednesday or Sunday night, And you're actually going to be part of what the disciples did in the Bible. And it's the modern day church. The real modern day church. Not the modern day church of a building. That there has so many flaws. And I've I've talked about it for 20 years. I've never liked the modern day church building. But once you buy into it, you have to be focused. If And what I've did is I, over the years, I've bought into the plans and I've listened to the leaders and I've did what they asked. I've always did what they've asked me to do. And I've bought into their plans. And as I bought into the plans, I really focused. But the problem is, is they lock you into a room and you become a babysitter of church people. All you do, and these are people that are in church 20, 30 years, 40 years, born raised in church, uh, family were in church, relatives were in church over the years, and they become needy, very needy. And the other part of it is they'll they'll send their kids to a Sunday school, which is almost like a, a free daycare on Sunday. And your job is to babysit them because they don't teach them Bible at home. They don't spend time with them at home. And I'm not talking about on Sunday. I'm talking about every day. And yes, I know you're busy. You're working your job. Yes, I know you you want time for your husband and you, but you had these kids, you're in church, and it's not somebody else's job to babysit your kids. Now, I'm not on a hobby horse. What I'm saying is I've tried strategically to teach people's kids that are in church, strategically, because I really, if you know me, I really focus on what I'm doing and I really try to make a difference because I don't like wasting time. I don't like wasting your time and I don't like wasting my time and I do not like wasting the time of Jesus Christ. He has way more important things to do than to watch us folly and fumble through things without having a plan and then coming haphazardly to him and asking him to bless us or to do something when we don't even know what we're doing or what we're getting ourselves into. Come to Jesus with a plan, be focused, and he will do stuff for you. He He will get involved and he will help you. But if you do not have a plan, you're wasting a lot of people's time. And why would you want to waste people's time, man? Time is short. Let's redeem the time. Time is precious. That's one of the most important commodities that we all have. Your money will run out. You'll get new money. Your house can burn down and you get a new house. You got all these situations. Your car can break down, but you can get a new car. But when you run out of time, folks, and your life has now got to the last few seconds and it's ticking tick 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 and your life is slowly disappearing how are you going to get more time folks where are you going to go to fill up on new life to get your life to last longer 
Where are you going to go and say, I need another 10 years. I want to put some money down on 10 more years of my life and guaranteed 10 years. And then at the end of that nine and a half years, you go and buy 10 more years and you keep on moving along like life just comes freely. But that's not how it works, folks. We all are set an appointed time here on earth. And everybody that you come in contact has a set appointed time. And why would you want to waste that time and their time without having a good plan or a vision to help somebody or to change their life or to introduce them to Jesus? Come on, guys. We're better than that. Okay? So let's not accept that. Let's not accept any less. So, you babysit church people's kids. That's what you're doing because they're in there playing on the platform. They're on there singing. They're performing what they call ministry. And as they're ministering, they're expecting other people in a church that are seasoned preachers, members, whatever, validated people that know the word of God to be teaching their kids. But they don't want you teaching their kids. Because I've tried something and I've done experiments and I can prove this. I've sent things home for the parents to get involved with their kids on their time outside of Sunday and they would not do it. I never received anything back signed by the parents validating that they spent time finishing a plan or a course. And the purpose of me doing that was to get their parents involved And so their parents would get friends involved and maybe we can work together and I can win neighbor's kids into the church, new kids into the church. And when I did have kids in the church that didn't have parents in our church service, I worked really hard to try to get those parents into the church because I wanted to see those kids' families meet Jesus because some of these Sunday school kids that come from trailer parks and that are some of the worse off, they're They don't have the right clothes. They don't smell good. They have much dysfunctions and problems. And I don't say that in a way to degrade them. But I say this because they're going to go home after they spend that time with me teaching them Sunday school or you teaching them Sunday school. They're going to get sent home to a house that maybe their dad or mom is an alcoholic and they're going to be drinking and they don't care about Sunday school. They're going to be inviting evil people in their house that do evil things in their house all day long. And these kids are going to be subject to it for six days a week. And on that seventh day, they come to church for that little bit of time to get a break. And they meet you and they meet Jesus and they have a good time. And we send them right back into that cell. So my goal was to reach into their cell and bring back more people out of that house and try to tip the the favor in their in their corner to try to give them the best option for salvation for a better life and I worked really hard at that but I found church people aren't interested in that the majority of church people are really happy just coming to church on Sunday hearing their three or four songs before offering taking up an offering marching or letting everyone know how much they're giving and then going and sitting down listen to their song while that's going on Maybe take up a testimony or two after so somebody can get up and not testify of anything going on that's good. They don't say, hey, Jesus helped me today. I witnessed to two people and one of them's here sitting next to me. They don't say nothing like this. They say things like, oh, pray for me. I need this. And they go on this rant and they start to bring the whole presence of the congregation's attitude down low 
because somebody's using that time to vent. That's not a testimony. And then the preacher feels that he has to get up now and do damage control. And maybe he spent a few hours before he came to church working on a sermon because most of the preachers I hear change their sermons as they walk into the auditorium and say, Jesus just spoke to me and I had something prepared, but I'm putting that on the side because I'm going to speak to you what thus says the Lord. Like thus says the Lord can't do nothing during the week, but he has to wait for you to walk into the building to speak to you because maybe you don't have a prayer life throughout the whole week. And I'm not saying preachers don't, but if you're running your life on a course that hears the word of God just as you walk into the church building, because I don't believe that's the only place God is. And most of the time, I don't even think he's there. He's out on the streets because in the Bible, he left the disciples to do their stuff sometimes to go do his own thing. And while he was doing his own thing, he was sitting with sinners and publicans and, yeah, politicians. Jesus sat with politicians. He even saved them. He brought them into his corner. He talked about it. He was not afraid of the treasury or any of that kind of stuff or the tax collector. Jesus deals with hard issues that we don't like to deal with. Just like I'm dealing with today in this podcast. And I hope it's to wake you up to see what's going on around you. Because after they sing their songs, if we're not there to clap, to validate their talents of the singer or the talents of the drummer or the talents of the piano player or the bongo player or the bass player, we're not there to hear an orchestra. The orchestra is there to create an atmosphere of praise and worship. But if everybody's on the platform vying for attention because they're validated by a hand clap, and if the preacher's preaching only to hear an amen, and if he has to be preaching to make sure somebody's listening, does he really have something to preach about? Who's he working for? Is he working for the people or is he working for Jesus? I heard preachers talk about, I'm working for your tithes. You're paying me tithes, so I got to give you this. I got to do this. That's not the way it works. And maybe sometime I'll even go down the road of tithing and giving and the way your heart is and how you do it in secret and how you're not supposed to let the right hand know what the left hand is doing and so on and so forth. But today let's deal with this. Because I started talking about a way of reaching your communities that's not the building format. It's not the the new age movement where you go into a building and you send people out You do a gimmick on Easter to try to get people in your church or during Christmas have a play. And then the rest of the 364 days of the year, you don't have a play. You just have a play on Christmas. You get a big congregation to come for a play that you put weeks and weeks in to get these people to come. And then the rest of the year, you don't have a play. Like Jesus is not good enough. It has to be a play to bring them into the church. Like his forgiveness is not worth you spending time and sacrificing the comfort of your luxuries so that other people that are suffering and don't know Jesus can actually meet them. That's what I'm talking about. And how many of you that are listening under the sound of my voice have stretched your bounds to actually change? Or are you living in content where you're at? Are you in a routine and you have a set routine and 
Nobody can question your routine. They can't ask anything. If they do, it turns into a, you don't tell me what to do. You, you're not my keeper. I have a pastor, so on and so forth. Do we live a life that's open for the world to see? Are we ashamed of what we do? Why do we do the things that we do? And do the things that we do actually matter in the span of eternity? And are we really reaching people? Things to think about. So I spent time this weekend outreaching the real way where I actually go out and meet people and talk to them and I'm not in a focus group trying to figure out the best way to send mailers to people or a sign that's outside your building. Actually going out and doing the work, meeting people where they're at, talking to them, and if they have a need, actually try to help that need. Bringing Jesus to their situation, talking to them. And you'll find out, folks, that there's more people out there that actually love God, that have a relationship with them, than you really think. And just because you have a little scripture don't mean you know it all. Because just that feeling of knowing it all sometimes might be the enemy fooling you and you wouldn't even know it. So let's not be in those places today, guys. Let's not be babysitters. Let's not be weekend warriors where we are in the army of the Lord just on the weekend. We signed and enlisted just for the weekend and the rest of the week is for the world. Let's actually live the life. Let's be Christians. Let's do the things the Bible says, not the ones that we focused on when we signed a denomination. Let's do all the scriptures. Let's seek, let's seek and serve God in the fullness of our hearts and in the walk of our life. And let's not judge lest we be judged because you don't want to be in a place of judgment with Jesus. Not a very smart place to be when you can walk in the fullness of his love. You can walk and redeem the times now because these are the days of salvation, of grace that he's opened up. Not of legalistic laws because if you even look at the laws that you restrict people with, but yet you don't like the laws that others restrict you with. You got to be careful because either Jesus abolished all the law or he just abolished your laws. So that's a fair question to ask today. Okay, so today we're going to keep it just to this kind of a podcast, just a rambling, talking, making you think, a knee jerker. Maybe pray for one another. Pray for somebody. Ask God to open up your walk and examine it. Let the great physician come in and ask him to really examine. Are you happy doing what you're doing? Do you feel feel fulfilled? Do you really feel that God is working in your life and in the lives of others? Are you sacrificing for Jesus? Do you love the Lord with all thy heart and don't lean on your own understanding? See scriptures that you live by? Or is it just for other people? And when you go home and you close the door, 
Are you living a different life? And with that, God bless. Hey, thank you for staying this long in the podcast. It means you're a special person indeed. And right now I ask God to bless you and overshadow you with blessings today to let your week be a great week and that you can do something for the kingdom of God by talking to somebody about Jesus, praying for somebody, and maybe just being there as a comforter to somebody to introduce them to the Holy Spirit that actually will comfort them when you're not there and when they're all alone. Please share this podcast with somebody. And I love you, all my sponsors and listeners out there. God bless.